0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the kickabout. Arsenal wobble again, and it's more misery for Spurs. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Lee, and I'm Dan. and welcome to episode 126 of The Kickabout, uh, eagle-eared among you will know that it's not eagle-eared, it's eagle-eyed isn't it? Mm. Never mind, we'll ignore that but I'll edit that out, fine. <laughs> um, you'll notice that Pete is not with us, unfortunately Pete uh, has uh, farther commitments and can't make to uh, today's recording or next week's. So this week we have first time on the show, long-term listener, friend of the show Lee, welcome. Thank you. Thanks, for me Love on. that you're wearing your uh, yeah. one of your giveaway winners, since you exactly. win virtually every time we do yeah. a giveaway on the show. So glad he's really supporting that. Uh, Lee, of course, is a Chelsea fan, so he wasn't best pleased. Though. I messaged him <laughs> oh. and said, Did he want to come on the show this week in the middle of Chelsea's worst run for God knows how long? It's yeah, sort of a struggle to
1: find a good week for him to come <laughs> on. <the day>.
0: Painful. <laughs> Fine. Well, crying by
1: the
0: end of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> we've got some whiskey in the cupboard, it's fine, mate. We'll get we'll get through this. So, um yeah, as always, we've got plenty to go through. There's tons to talk about from the weekend, but as always, we will start with this. Damn the stat man.
2: So a nice easy one for you today, boys. Um Ollie Watkins is the tenth player to reach fifty Premier League goal involvements for Aston Villa. And as the second fastest to reach this milestone for the club after who? I
0: thought you were going to make his name the other nine then. <laughs> you said he's the 10th player. Yeah, nice and easy. <laughs> yeah. um, right, so we'll say, I guess he was the first, uh, second fastest to reach Second that fastest the to reach
2: that milestone, yeah, after one other Villa player. Okay.
0: That's one... Obvious one. Well, yeah, I hope it's not him, though, if it's yeah. the same one that you're thinking of. <laughs> um Anyway, we'll get the answers to that later on. We've also got a special quiz this evening, obviously with Pete not here. Dan has done a quiz that me and Lee will partake in at the end of the show uh, for a bit of shits and giggles. Uh, but anyway, on with the show. And, of course, we're going to start with Arsenal wobbling again at the London Stadium. I'll be honest, when we went 2-0 down in 10 minutes, I was practically ready to turn the telly off. Um Did anybody see... This result coming after that start from Arsenal.
2: No, especially not after uh, going 2-0 down.
0: No, I mean, so much has been said about this game and their wobbles. Um, it, It doesn't really change, actually, a huge amount about what Arsenal need to do, because the only thing that really changes now is that a draw is no longer good enough against Man City. They have to win it when they go there. But they probably went in... They would have gone in with that mindset anyway. They wouldn't have gone there for a draw, you wouldn't have thought. Well, they don't have to, because they're still four points ahead, aren't they? So even if Massey
1: when they're going in hand, they're still going to be a point ahead. So if they draw against them, they're still going to... That's ahead.
0: very true, actually. Yes, I hadn't... No, I have done my maths or lose. Usual.
1: Just, you know, they, people keep saying that City have got the advantage now. That really, they haven't. City are in a good run of form, and Arsenal aren't. But just, you know, it's a one-off game. Anyone. I think it's
2: just one. a psychological advantage, yeah. isn't it? Because... The fact that City are slowly starting to creep up, it,
1: well, they're
0: ten in a row now. They yeah,
2: won. you know, you, you are starting to look behind you, and I think it's yeah. it's mo- it's just that it's not so much a points advantage; it's more of a psychological advantage. City
1: it seem to do it every season as well. Mm. It's just like they love this part; like mm. they like being behind and then just thinking, right, we'll chase them down, yeah. and then whoever it is in front of them starts going, oh,
0: yeah. It's it's rather than be the prey, it's be the the predator. Mm. Uh, sorry, be the uh, the hunter, not the hunted. Mm. Um, but no, I mean, I think. This obviously the comparisons have been drawn between this game and the Liverpool game last week. People were sort of ready to write off last week as, a well, it's Anfield, you know, the crowd get behind them, etc. Are we putting this game down to pure nerves, pure um, pressure from the, the situation they find themselves in? Is that what we put it down to? Uh, I wouldn't say pure
2: nerves, but I think that's a major part to it. But I also think maybe lack of concentration... Um and just I mean, we've seen Arsenal do it a couple of times this season, just not seeing games through.
1: Mm. Going to 2-0 up so early probably didn't help them because mm. yeah. they've probably, you know, ten minutes in, two-nil up. you, know,
0: well, you think mentally of, mentally they switched off. Yeah. Of guess,
1: yeah. And to be honest with you, for what, half an hour or so, they, they did cruise through the game, didn't they?
0: They did, yeah. I mean, West Ham really, I mean, we we did start to look a little bit more threatening, but without being threatening, if that makes mm. sense. We had a little bit more of the ball. Um but obviously it wasn't until the mistake from Party, who by the way didn't have a very no. good game. Mm. You know, it's one of the worst games I've seen him have for a while. Um Do you think it was handball from Rice? No. I
1: don't think it is. I think it, that that'd be incredibly harsh to give mm. that as handball. I mean it's I've hit he his like, side. midriff first yeah. and
0: then Dan. No,
2: I, I don't think it is. But so you were I mean,
0: smiling at me then, as if you were going to say something no. different. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> no. I was just going to say, I've, like over the course of the season, I've kind of lost touch of what is and isn't handball yeah. nowadays. To be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw three or four different angles of that, mm. and not one of them I could say was conclusive mm. that it hit his hand. And I think I suppose that's what VR said. You know, there's nothing clear and obvious there. Uh, what about the penalty itself, though? Um, because you know, Pakatar pa- has made a meal of it. Let's say I, I think there's, there's contact
1: there. There's contact there. It, although he's tried to pull out of the tackle, he's still initiated the contact and he has caught... It
0: is soft, but yeah. I still think he's a penalty, yeah. personally. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Pakitar's been... He's done one of those, um, you know, make sure there's mm-hmm. contact yeah. type movements, isn't he? Well, sort of dragging his leg a little bit. Yeah. Uh, great penalty from Ben Rama, um, who scored actually in the reverse fixture earlier in the season as well at the Emirates. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I mean, I was already having Newcastle flashbacks. You know, the the five one hammering was it five nil? If I can't remember if we even scored in that game, was it five? What you against? Yeah. Newcastle? yeah, Did we score? Yes, we did. Kurt Zuma scored. Um, <laughs> sorry, but I was getting flashbacks because in, in exactly the same way we got ourselves to a point where we looked like we could get back in the game. We ended the half really strongly, and then against Newcastle, I think we conceded like. 30 seconds in the second half or something stupid mm. and although it wasn't that quick it was the same thing we give away the penalty four minutes into the second half and I'm thinking oh fucking here we go again completely takes the sting out of the game for us game over away Arsenal will go mm. and then of course he misses do we do first of all do we think it was a penalty from on Antonio Antonio was quite um, I don't know I, wouldn't, I would hesitate to say adamant but it wasn't a penalty but he was arguing that you know where else could his hand sort of go mm. um in that in that position but unfortunately by the letter of the law that that, yeah. that, that doesn't come into it does yeah. it anymore
2: I mean, it's sort of similar to the one like city um got given against them um yeah it is you like th- you just can't do that nowadays can you
0: no so um but yeah obviously just like last week obviously it wasn't Arsenal last week but Salah missing the penalty last week in a very similar vein <laughs> missed the target completely missed uh, the target it's criminal for a professional footballer yeah. to
1: miss the target if you're going to miss a penalty make the keeper
0: say yeah, it's, I mean again it's that pressure though isn't yeah. it it's that, that situation he will know full well what that penalty means I mean to say that the entire game is a turning point for Arsenal's season mm-hmm. you could even go na- more narrow than that and say yeah. that that penalty perhaps was because if they score that 100%. they go on and win their game I'm mm-hmm. sure of it um, but you know, the fact that they've missed that. And then West Ham, I think it was four, <laughs> three or four minutes later go up the other end and score a goal, which Rams, Ramsdale should probably save those. I, I'm, great technique. Yeah, I mean, I'm, brilliant he's goal. probably not expecting him to, to hit it that well, to be fair. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, Arsenal, they've had their what was, I mean, there was a big debate. I don't know if you guys saw it on Sky Sports yeah, after the game. Yeah,
2: you, boys, what, about... The disaster. Just, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, so the question was posed to, I think it was... Uh, Roy Keane, Jimmy Ford Hasselbank and Gary Neville about whether Arsenal finishing second this season would be classed as a disaster. Gary Neville was incredibly um, adamant that it was not a disaster because, you know, at the start of the season, they would have bit your arm off to be in this position. And Roy Keane and and Hasselbank would have said... At the start of the season, it's different. You're in the here and now. You're in, you've been at the top of the table for so long. You've been, you know, eleven points in front, eight points in front, whatever it was. To then not win the league, yes, it would be a disaster. Mm. Um, how, where do you guys sit in this one? Yeah, I'm a bit in that camp thing. I didn't see
1: the um, any of that conversation with them, but like you say, at the beginning of the season, if you'd said Arsenal would finish second, they yeah they'd bite a hand off for it. But I think that all even all the stats and that. Like Christmas time and that no team I think it was like something like no team has ever lost the league from the position mm. that they were in and and things like that. And that would be a failure, I think, if, yeah. they, if they went on to, to not win the league. Problem
2: is as well, like Arsenal are out of every single competition, whereas City are still fighting for the yeah. Champions League. They're still in the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. So they've got so many more games. I mean, I think... Trouble
0: is, though, that doesn't bother them because of the depth of the squad. That I know, have.
2: I know. But, you, you know, Arsenal have only got to concentrate on the league. So if they throw it away now, I think that would be a massive yeah. disappointment.
0: Yeah. And I think you, you, you've got to live in the here and now. It's a bit like Leicester. You know, when Leicester won the league you would say it was a massive disaster for them to not win it because you know that the following season, everybody else is mm. going to come back stronger. You know, if you if you take, I, I guess you're, 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 you're hypothesising here, but you would imagine that Chelsea at some point are going to get better. You'd imagine Liverpool are going to have a better season. You can imagine Spurs at some point might sort themselves out. United looking like they're going to get stronger and might mm. be a bit more of a serious challenge next year. This may represent a real opportunity because Arsenal historically are not big spenders. Mm. They're not going to go out and spend 90 million on a new striker or uh, 75 million on a new midfielder. Historically, that's not really what they do. So for me, I would say it would be a disaster for them to not not win it from this position because you just don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what's coming next
2: year. Every other team is going to strengthen. and You know, you look at... Newcastle as well. Yeah. If Arsenal don't win the league, they finish the season without any trophies, any silverware... I mean technically that would mean United have had a better season because they've at least got the Carabao Cup Do you know, I'm, not, I'm not bigging United up I'm just saying that the fact that Arsenal have been so good this season to come away with absolutely nothing would be a massive disappointment it's probably
1: going to be their best chance of winning the league for you've got to say probably a number of years because mm. it has been a poor season this season hasn't it for a teams. lot of
2: the, yeah, the so-called top six the yeah. big
1: teams because Liverpool have been poor Spurs mm-hmm. poor Chelsea woeful mm-hmm. is you know mm-hmm. you got, you gotta think next season it won't be like
0: that no. yeah I mean as, and as good as United have been at times this season you could the difference in points they're still well off it yeah oh, so yeah. so in yeah. Newcastle you know no, nobody is close to these two no. um so you are literally finishing <laughs> second in a two-horse race yeah. um so yeah um I think the for, for me the biggest thing that I've noticed not just in in this game at the weekend but in the Liverpool game as well that might worry Arsenal fans is that throughout the entire season They've looked really good when they've controlled games, when they've controlled the midfield. And their inability, especially against West Ham, I and mean, with all due respect to West Ham, we've been awful this season. But we, this was this was a performance from West Ham that was reminiscent of us about 18 months ago. You know, We looked so at it. We were pressing them high up the pitch, forcing them into mistakes, playing on the front foot. This was what I've been calling for West Ham to do for fucking ages. Mm. And finally, we've seen a bit of an example of what the team possibly can do if they get given that freedom and, and they go at it. But for Arsenal against a team like West Ham, player for player, Arsenal better, right? There's no two ways about it. For them to not be able to wrestle back control of that game and get a grip on it and take this thing out of the game, I think will be a massive concern to mm-hmm. Arsenal fans because they've got some tough fixtures coming up. And if they are not able to control the stem of a game, if they continue with this start quickly, get a couple of goals in front and then mentally switch off, mm-hmm. then they're not just going to come second. They're going to miss out by a distance.
2: Problem is, we're at the stage of the season now where, you know... Usually you'd look at those teams down the bottom, you'd be like, oh, we've got some easy games this week. Whereas those relegation teams are fighting for their lives. No game is an easy game anymore. And there's
1: so many of them this yeah, year. Yeah. It's not just two or three. Yeah, It's all the way up to almost Chelsea now. Yeah. yeah. You know, a I mean,
0: miles ahead. All, almost all of them, bar probably one or two, are also looking like there's, there's signs of life there. Mm. They're picking up points. They're getting good results. And then
2: you start to look above and you've got the likes of Brighton and Fulham who can all still fight for Europe. Yeah. So there's still so much for so many teams to play for.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah, I don't know. I think um, for Arsenal, I think next Friday or this Friday coming up against Southampton, that is to me that is a must-watch game because it's going to be so interesting to see how Arsenal react now mm. going up against a team that... Really really are one of those teams I was just mentioning about where everyone's picking up points at are kind of not that they were but they're not anymore. And they don't score goals, they're right for the picking. Arsenal gotta go there and put a dominant display yeah. in. They have got to go absolutely mad on them and comfortably beat them. Even if it's only two nil, mm-hmm. they've got to absolutely dominate that well, game.
2: It's completely in Arsenal's hands and it's completely in City's hands. Whoever wins, you know, if they both win a hundred percent of their games, they both win the title.
0: Yeah, exactly that. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, Mikel Arteta was talking about that it's nothing to do with pressure; it's just individual mistakes. Could you argue that that does come from pressure though? Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, definitely. these a lot of these players have not been in this position. No. They're it, quite a young side are, as well, yeah. aren't they? So with a young manager as well. There's
1: hardly any experience in there.
0: Yeah, I wonder if this is where players like Jesus, Zinchenko, also got that experience from Man City. Um, I mean, even
2: they are young players. You know, they're early twenties still, aren't they? Mm.
1: I thought that's. The one good thing about buying Jorginho for them, mm. he's been there bit of experience,
0: yeah. you know, he's one thing. Just before we move on, um mm. what have you what have you made a lot have been said as well, especially Arsenal fans talking about Arteta's substitutions. Um so yesterday he was taking he took off players like Odegaard, took off Hate took off Martinelli, uh but kept Saka on, which mm. I thought was quite surprising. Did you think they were they were odd? Because he's been called out a couple of times this season for this Arteta. Mm. Do you think he's getting this a bit wrong? Well, I mean, Trossard's a decent player to bring off on the bench, isn't he? I think it's more just who he's taking off. Like, you know, when you're, when you're throwing on another attacker, he didn't throw and throw on Inketia until 88 minutes, which mm. I thought was odd. You know, they needed a win, right? You know, the draw wasn't really what they wanted. So throw on Nketiah in the 88th minute. But, of course, you've taken off Odegaard 10, 15 minutes earlier, and Odegaard is probably their only player who can really pick that, mm. pick that lock, yeah. pick the pass, like he did with the first goal. I found it very strange that they took him off.
2: I think when you've only got one game a week, you know, like I said, they're not in Europe, so they haven't got midweek games that you need to rest players for. I don't see why they wouldn't be playing full-strength team every single game.
0: Mm. So, anyway, um, of course, we'll watch that with uh, baby Bredford. Of course, Man City's next game, we're going to talk about now. Their next game is against Arsenal. Of course, they don't play this weekend because of the FA Cup. they got Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United. Um So, yeah, the next next time out for Man City in the Premier League will be that Arsenal game, which, holy moly, there's a lot riding on that. Uh, But let's talk about Man City quickly. Um, They did win out 3-1 in the end, despite Pep saying that he was a little bit concerned going towards the end. Um, Was this sort of, in a a similar way to Arsenal, was this them scoring early and going into cruise control, except that they were able to cruise, unlike Arsenal? They got to half-time, and they...
1: Well, they wasn't even that second gear, was they, so... Pep's taken, Haaland off, taken stones off. I think he made four changes at halftime. Yeah, and
0: I think they, he, this was the first game I think he's ever made all five changes. Mm, I'm sure I heard someone say yeah. that.
1: He, they just went into just cruise control, didn't they? They just it got it did get a bit yeah nervy towards the end, but they just completely took their foot off the gas and they could afford to, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, one thing actually you know we've obviously talked about it on the show a lot um, talked about Haaland whether Man City are better with or without it. Where, do, where do you come down on this Lee I don't think they're
1: they're completely different aren't they I don't think they're better with or without mm. him they, they play in two completely different styles if he's on the pitch or if he isn't on the pitch when he's on the pitch it's more not, not route one but they look for that killer pass a lot quicker for him breaking through the lines whereas when they don't play him, it's more pass in, trying to wait, work your way up the field, and there's a lot more passes around the box, I feel.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I still find it interesting that there are people out there who are um, genuinely trying to make cases for saying that, that Man City are not a good team when Haaland's in it. Oh, he's bang average, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, you, when you've got a player and he's just broken... There was another record. He's just beaten um, the old R9 Ronaldo's record record. Um, of, sorry, Ronaldo's record of how many goals he got in a in a single season in all competitions. Erling Haaland has just surpassed him. I mean, I think it's got to the point now where they're just looking for any comparison they yeah. can find every time Haaland scores a goal because it's getting that silly almost. Um, unless he gets injured or something ridiculous happens, he is, I'm sure, going to break the Premier League all-time record that Mo Salah currently has. Um, when these one more
1: doesn't he, think. Yeah. Is there only one yeah, more yeah, he needs now? Them,
0: no, yeah. So yeah, it's going to happen. I, I don't really feel like you can ever really criticize a team for looking not as good when you've got a striker that's banging in that many mm. goals. It, it doesn't it doesn't compute <laughs> with me at all. Um, what about Leicester though? I mean, uh, Lee, do you think they can really go down? Um, is Dean Smith the guy to to I, save them?
1: I do think they can go down, but I think. Some of the other teams, like Forest, their running is horrific. Yeah. So I think one thing that could save them is the other teams' fixtures are a lot harder than theirs. Yeah. But they were first half awful. Mm. So bad.
2: They they
0: are in relegation zone with Forest at the moment. Though. Yeah, they're second bottom, aren't they? Mm. I mean, if we look at the uh, the table quickly we're, here, I mean, sort of Everton, yeah. Leeds, and. They're, they're two points. They're two points <laughs> off off safety. The the only the, the slight concerning thing is, as we touched on last week, is that whereas before the last few weeks we've been saying there's you know eight teams, eight nine teams in this fight, it feels like that number is getting lower as each week goes on. I feel personally like Palace they're out of it uh, yeah they've,
2: they've done enough. to be fair I, I kind of even think that about uh, Wolves and Bournemouth they're just looking quite good at the moment
0: well, yeah Wolves are picking up wins um, Bournemouth are picking up wins against teams you wouldn't expect mm. them to as well um, it wasn't so long ago that when I looked at the fixtures and I looked at West Ham Bournemouth and I thought right that is a game we should be going and winning now I'm not so fucking sure I think <laughs> because point, they're playing I think really at well at one
2: point we said that out of all the teams we were 100% sure Bournemouth were going down yeah
1: and then they just absolutely come alive I do genuinely think Everton could score I do. They. I know we're not talking about them now, but they were really bad again.
2: They just don't score. I know they did score, but they, you know, they barely score more than one goal, especially under Dy.
0: But the sort of goal that they scored is not a goal that's been crafted from good play. Mm. That was just a single moment of brilliance yeah. from Dwight McNeil. Um, but yeah, I think I personally still think. I think Southampton are gone. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who, who the three I said before, but as of right now, it's Southampton, Forest, and one of Leicester or Everton. Mm. I think for me. I probably agree with that. I, I, I th- think, I think Leeds will be all right. Just
2: yeah, yeah. I think it stays as it is. Not necessarily that order, but I think it'll be that three.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's not much else to say about Man City, quite frankly, at the moment, because of the uh, the machine that is turning. But obviously, we will. I can't. I cannot wait for that Arsenal game. Mm. That is. Uh, that is going to be such an. Imm- I hope it's not a damn scribble. Where script. is it? Uh, it's at the Etihad, I believe. Yeah. It is, um, is it? So right, um, final game we're going to talk about before we go for a break, um, is the Tottenham Bournemouth game. We've just talked on Bournemouth. There's notes for that. Yeah, <laughs> get them in now, Lee, because we're talking about Chelsea <laughs> after the break. So um, <laughs> I'll kind of do the first. <laughs> you see, You've got to go? you've got someone to be, um, I mean Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, where do you, where do we even begin with the club? Not just the team, but the entire club at the moment, the fans and everything. Uh, losing at home three two is bad enough. Um, But to me, that Tottenham just feel completely and utterly devoid. I think Jermaine Jean has touched on this as well. I just don't understand what it is Tottenham are trying to achieve with their lineups and the way they're approaching games at the moment. It's like they're just purely going through the motions and just hoping that Kane and Son will bail them out, as they've done so often in the past.
1: The main problem is they got rid of Conte and left his number two in there, who's playing exactly the same Mm. way as what Conte did. What's the point in getting rid of Conte? if You're going to leave him in there... And he's playing the same formation, same exact same way, mm. and expecting to get different results is I
2: could sort of understand it if, you know, you're out of everything, you've got nothing to play for, you're just trying to get to the end of the season, then you like we'll we'll reassess things. But you know, they're they're dithering on the edge of I think they're out of the top four now, aren't they?
0: Uh they're fifth at the moment yeah. and um I mean Brighton could overtake them if they win their games in hand. Um Liverpool would go within three points if they win both of their games in hand. And the way Villa are playing, they could probably catch the, up. Villa are the most informed team in the league, Bar City, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um there is a real danger that Tottenham could fall out of Europe completely. Mm-hmm. Um or Conference League at best, which I think would be that's a disaster. I mean, we're talking about Arsenal season being a disaster, but Spurs have been in the top four for most of the season, but you know what? It kind of feels, I I hesitate to say this in case there are any Spurs fans listening, but it sort of feels like that's deserved because all throughout this season, we've kept saying how the hell are Spurs in this position? Because it feels like they've been pony all year Mm -hmm. and yet they've just found ways to grind out wins under Conte. But as you say, now he's gone, they've got Salini in charge. He's playing five at the back against Bournemouth, which I don't really understand. And it's all going really, really sour at the moment across across the board. Um, what do we make of um the situation with Davison Sanchez? He's
1: subbed on and
0: off. Subbed on and off. Um, booed by
1: his own fans. booed
0: by his own fans when he came off. There was a certain, I'll say a selection of fans because I'm sure it wasn't all of them. Um, but there were certain fans who were booing him when he was touching the ball. Um, so I I, I just don't know how that improves things. If you're a if you're a Spurs fan, you see that I appreciate it. you've paid your money, you have the right to sort of voice your opinion. I get that. But in the current situation, it is How do you feel like that affects him, but also the rest of the team? You know, he's probably got a lot of very close friends in that team. If they hear that he's being booed, how is that going to affect the rest of the team's morale he, as well? I thought it was... Uh, he he did have a shocker. He mm. was hauling. But the whole of their defence was
1: bad. They Everything was laboured and slow, and he wasn't the only one that was shocking at the back there. Well, in the whole team. So it's, to single him out... And I know he's... You know, most weeks he's pulled, but that's Tottenham.
0: Yeah. <laughs> They've all been pulled. Yeah. You know. It, it does feel like, you know, he's been made a bit of a scapegoat yeah, here. Exactly. Um, I mean you've got Christian Romero doing back flicks in the corner flag when they're yeah. drawing was it two all at that point, yeah, I think. And they're not mm-hmm. even trying to get the ball back. No. Really? Uh, Half hearted. And I, I actually heard I was this I was driving back from a family do on Saturday and I was listening to Talk Sport briefly when they do talk the phone in and a Tottenham fan came in and was talking about Sanchez about how he, you know, came on the pitch, gave away two goals and got subbed. And it's like, well, I, I watched the highlights and I watched the game, and I was like, I'm not so sure that these mistakes. You, you know, the first goal in particular. I mean, his first, I don't, his first touch, and he falls over the ball. Yeah. All right, fine, but then he gives the ball to Porro and Porro then decides to try and beat Danny Alves and take on take on the world. Loses the ball. Davison Sanchez is pulled out to offer a route back, and because he's lost the ball, he's now out of position. I don't think that you can really pin that on Sanchez. Um, and the second one, he's made a tackle, and it's just you know it's unfortunately fallen to their striker if their striker's not there he's being held in as a brilliant last ditch tackle so I think it's re- I think it's really harsh when you've got Eric Dyer in there who's fucking dreadful let's be honest mm-hmm. he had a little moment early in the season where he was playing okay but recently he's been awful mm. Romero is very overrated for me um, I, I just think it's really harsh to think about and Sanchez in a team that's just not performing um, how big of a problem though would not being qualified or not qualifying for Europe be for Tottenham given that they are still looking for another manager um,
1: yeah, I mean, in terms of he changes, anything? No, I don't think it does. I I don't think Tottenham's that appealing. No, I just for they... a manager to come in is, you know, they they don't spend a lot historically. Yeah. They're not ones that I are spent gonna...
0: a reason amount last year, last summer. On what? Like? That, that... Well, yeah, I mean, they didn't spend it wisely. Yeah. Granted, yeah. but
2: that I feel like that was just down to Conte being there. How often are they going to do? Yeah, that? yeah, I don't think Levy would do it with any or... other manager. You I think he was... just, I think he thought the same thing as, well, I, I thought anyway, that you get Conte and he'll win you a trophy. Just give him what he wants and yep. he'll win you a trophy. And I feel like it's backfired.
0: Yeah. Same way it did with Mourinho, yeah. really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, for, in terms of what's next for Tottenham now, um, you know, you look at the club all the way down. Levy's obviously had his critics for a long time now. Um, we've talked about the fact that they've had sort of three managers now who've all been quite negative, quite. Um, Polarizing in their opinions, like the fan bases and stuff like that. This is a club that needs mending. Um, Pochettino is the link that still won't go away. I don't think they'll get Nagles when I suspect he'll go to Chelsea. He was talking to Chelsea, yeah. It Um, says a lot um, when you're going to go to Chelsea, you are like (laughs) 12th or 11th in the table
1: (coughs) on the cusp of getting Champions League. Still, rather go there. I mean,
2: Harry Kane's future will have a big impact on Tottenham next season. Wouldn't surprise me if he went to United,
1: really wouldn't
0: yeah uh, we were talking about Leeds being okay they've just gone 2-0 down against Liverpool um, so <laughs> maybe maybe their goal difference is going to come in for a bit of a pasting so that was a really good goal from Salah just then um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about Bournemouth though I mean where has this come
2: from they're fair, good I for mean, ball- you say that but I feel like they've been doing it for a while they've just been I mean against Arsenal and Spurs before they went 2-0 up and then lost 3-2 yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, I don't think it's come completely out of the blue. I think they've just managed to sort of they're, turn things around. They're
1: always going to concede goals the yeah. way they play. Yeah. But if they get it right on the day, like they did with Spurs, mm. they, they're going to win games because they're going to score.
0: Because like Solanke, he's a great yeah. moment. I yeah. yeah. And Billing, I think Billing's yeah. been Billing's really been good. good. I really like that. Um, is it Oatara? Is that how you pronounce his name? Sure. Like, want to go. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, I really like the look of him, and he—he he, he reminds me a little bit of, um, oh God, um, who was the—I um, can't remember what his name is. Pepe for Arsenal. Oh yeah. Um, sort of, you know, bundles of plays, all action. Sometimes the end product isn't quite there. But when he when he clicks, I think he could be a really good player for Bournemouth. Mm. I think he could be one to watch um, next season on the assumption that Bournemouth stay up. Maybe a, an outside pick for FPL potentially. Um, I'm really pleased for Gary O'Neill because he did so well early in the season when he was caretaker boss Mm. and then he got the curse of being given a contract Um, and this is I'm pretty sure this is his first managerial job because I think he's he's had number two roles and coaching roles and stuff like this but to come in and galvanise this team in you know let's be honest player for player they aren't the strongest team in the league by some distance they are going to be candidates for relegation, but what they're showing is a bit of hard work and a bit of team together and this can get you a long way. Frankly, Tottenham would do well to have a fucking look at Bournemouth and um, copy them a little bit. Um, so, right, OK, um, we are going to head for a break when we come back. We've got some, are going to go deep into Chelsea. I'm sure Lee is looking forward to that. Uh, before we talk about the wolves Brentford game, Man United and before we get into the quiz. See you in a minute. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Uh, we're going to dip straight in then into the problems that surround Chelsea as Lee pulls out his notes. Um, Chelsea won Brighton 2. Um, I mean, it's another poor result for Chelsea. It's another just dis- brilliant display from Brighton. Um, let's not sort of forget them in this equation. Um, excuse me. They've been brilliant in a lot of these games. I think at one point when you messaged us, Lee, it was about the 64th minute. I think Chelsea had, had four shots and going, Brighton had about 22. Yeah. Um, and it's I think much better. The, yeah, I mean, I think they were you know they were good value for this win. Uh, that's for sure. So let's um, let's ignore the game for the moment. Let's talk about Chelsea as a whole. Lee. Like, what 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 has happened in you saw? You probably hear and see a lot more about what's going on at Chelsea than we do. So, in in your words, what's gone on? It's just a shit show, isn't it? <laughs> it's shocking. Um, I think uh,
1: we don't we don't look like a team at all. It's, can't keep blaming the managers now. Oli has got to take a lot of flack for this because throwing all that cash by all them players, our our squad is ridiculous. Mm. And I think well I've got a stat here to like prove my point about the size of our squad. So in 31 games this season, we have made 112 changes to our starting lineup. Holy shit. Which is an average of three point six per game, and it's the highest in the league. Wow! Just recently, like the game of the weekend, I think six changes. Yeah. For that, six changes. How how are you meant to get a decent performance when you're swapping, especially the defense? Defense is different every week. Yeah, you're not going to get any cohesion or flu, fluidity around the team when you're changing that many players every week. No, they're not going to get to know how to play with each other. Is it's, yeah, Especially it's so frustrating. centre-back.
2: Centre-back partnerships are so important.
1: Yeah. I don't understand how Paddy Ashley hasn't been playing in the Premier League when he's not in the Champions League squad mm. the last few games. It, it, he's probably been one of our better players and he's been on the bench. It's...
0: Yeah, it doesn't make a great deal of sense. Um I mean, given that we're you know, we, we've talked about Lampard, it's a no-lose situation for Lampard, isn't it? Because if he does well, it reignites his managerial career. If he doesn't do well, then all the blame gets put on to Bowley and the, the, the situation that Chelsea are in. Um but are we now now that we're in third manager under Bowley's reign? I know Tuchel didn't last particularly long, but the warning signs were already there under Tuchel before he left. Is is the blame now shifting towards him rather I think than the managers? So.
1: The fans actually at the weekend um, had a bit of a confrontation. with I probably. saw this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, starting to to turn on him at the ground to question him. Basically, like what, what is going on? This this isn't Chelsea. We shouldn't be eleventh in the Premier League. Mm. The amount of money they've spent. That squad. I oh, know we haven't really got a striker, we've got no one who scores goals, but that score is good, good enough to score goals. That would yeah. There's players in there that should be scoring goals. Yeah. And it's not just the goals. The performances are horrific. You We're not controlling games. We'll have patches in games where we look really good. we we'll play really well. And then we just, all of a sudden, just lose control and we get absolutely hammered. Mm. Bright, bright, that result of the weekend flatters us. 2-1. It should have been about six or seven, Brian. Honestly. <laughs> it's, yeah... It's depressing.
0: Probably, I mean, um, to put
2: it top. Bowley went in the changing room afterwards after the game and spoke to all the players.
0: So apparently, I was about to mention the same thing. Apparently, he does this every week. Okay. Um, apparently, he goes into the changing room and because uh, the, the reporters obviously got wind of this, and they were asking some of the players in their conference today ahead of the Madrid game tomorrow, um, <clears throat> and they were asking Lampard about you know whether you like it. I think they also asked who was it? Was it Kepper? I think it might have been Kepper. They were talking to. And you could see it was a little bit cagey, their responses, because mm. they were sort of like saying, yeah, well, look, you know, he's the owner, he can do what he wants, and we we appreciate the passion that he has for the club. I, I just, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. Mm. I wish we could see what he is, he is saying, because, you know, without wanting to be really horrible to the man, he has shown himself at times, as we've talked about before, to be, not the most knowledgeable person football wise. So, what, what is he saying to these players when he goes into the dressing room? He knows nothing about football. If we don't have our would... ideas that like We're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Super Bowl's almost out of reach, lads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked last week as well. Like, was it last week, or the week before, about the, the signings that Chelsea have made and the impact they've made? I think Mudrick is now the joint top assists. Yes, to, yeah. Two. Yeah. Yeah, but we're only 31 games into the
1: team. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. He actually played quite well the weekend. He was one of the only shining lights on the weekend. Yeah. yeah. He actually played okay. But,
0: but when you look at that, that team, and I know obviously the cohesion's not theirs and somebody's not found the right pieces to this puzzle yet, but when you see 105 million on Fernandez, 90-odd million or whatever it was on Mudrick, all these players that are coming for huge amounts of money. I mean, at some point, these players have to take responsibility for their own performances, Right. Yes, and and no. They've come in halfway through season
1: in the Premier League. It's a hard league, we all know that. And to put that, many, if it was just one or two players, yeah, maybe, yeah, they, they should be doing better. But when you're putting that many new players into a team, it's got to be hard. It's, yeah, It's not like it's just a couple of players that are learning to play with, say, nine other players in the team. It's... Five, six, seven players that have never played together before.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're trying to get. And some it's, not, sort it's of... not
2: like they're all Premier League players either. They've all come from exactly, different leagues exactly. all over the world. Yeah,
0: yeah. Do you think there's an element of, of fear with with the managerial selection? So obviously Potter, you know, has been there for the most time but Lampard is doing the same thing with his changes. Do you think there's an element of fear of not wanting to upset these big-name players? So they're desperately trying to rotate. It's almost like kids football, isn't It's is making sure everyone gets yeah. the right minutes and all that sort of thing, rather than just saying, right, this is my fucking team. This is how we're going to play, and I'll make one or two changes here and there. Maybe if there's a cup game, I can rotate a bit more, whatever. But it doesn't seem like anybody yet has has found a formation or, or a foundation, sorry, of saying, right, this is what I think my best back for is. This is what I'm going to roll with for the next 10 games. Mm-hmm. This is what I think my best midfield is. I'm going to do the same thing. It just, it feels like a scattergun approach. It's like throwing darts at sort a of dartboard and going, right, this week I'll play him then.
2: I think going back
1: to Chelsea is only going to damage Lampard's career. You think it'll make it worse? Yeah.
0: I, I, no, I
1: don't think it will. He, he was on, it was bad anyway, wasn't it? He, him going in there could have only improved, I think. If he started getting wins, that was brilliant for him. But He's on 100% he record in, at the moment. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, he, they, he, you know, he couldn't do any worse than what, what was going on already? we were already losing. Yeah.
2: Like not scoring. Yeah, just I don't know. I just I don't think he's done that. the only season he's had which has been any good at any club was that season where Chelsea had the embargo. But for me that he done well because there was absolutely no pressure on him to produce anything.
0: Do you do you think I mean they actually showed a stat earlier on Sky Sports, uh on Sky Sports News where they were showing his his manager record. And of course it does You've had, he's only had, what, three games at Chelsea now and the mm. rest of it would have been at Everton. He's got a 6% win rate sure. in his last, like, 18 games that he's managed. Mm. Now, granted, he's managed two pretty crap sides in that time. Um, but I guess to your point, we, I said earlier that I didn't think it was – I thought it was a no-lose situation. But are you saying, therefore, that if other people look at that and say, well, you went into Chelsea and you didn't improve a single thing? That,
2: that That's my point. I know Chelsea are really, really poor. And I know it wasn't working under Potter. But I would look at it like he's gone into that club – at the moment, he's lost every single game. Would I want him in charge of my club?
1: Not really. Mm. I think more damage was done at Everton than what will happen at Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, well, I wouldn't it's, say it's more stable at Everton because they're a shit show as well. But mm, at least he had longer there and a more settled squad as well. Yeah, mm. and it, you know, as one of the hallmarks of managers is always, you know, look at the players and his team. Have any of them improved? I and, think he uh,
2: struggled to get another Premier League job. I think he'll have to do a.
0: A Gerard and I I, go
1: and manage one yeah, or two teams I don't in
0: think, Scotland.
1: I don't think he's he's a Chelsea legend and loved Lampard. Yeah, I don't think he's good enough as a manager. No. Not yet. He might become a, a better manager, but yeah. managing the Premier League's just not not it for him at the moment. I'm afraid. Yeah,
0: I mean, chances will run out at some point, right? You know, you're not going to keep getting opportunities. You can't trade off your name forever. Yeah. I mean, look at Gary Neville. Well, yeah, I mean, he obviously he's not even attempted to go back into no. it after the. Because he, you know, he knew the Valencia. Yeah, he, wasn't good yeah, he, he read the been, room. That must <laughs> have been a experience. <laughs> it's,
2: like it's so funny. I don't know if you've ever heard him like talking about it and stuff. He gets Some ripped all the time. So funny.
0: <laughs> he gets ripped about it all the time. It's fucking brilliant. Oh dear. Um, let's um let's talk about Brighton just very quickly before we move on. Then, um, uh, how impressed have we been with them? I mean, they, they, they sit seventh at the moment. Um, they obviously lost in the only loss in the last six games. I think I don't know what their run was like before that was the the absolute farce at, at Tottenham last weekend. Where do we see? What, where's the ceiling for them at the moment? Because they they sit in a position where if they win their games in hand, they would go into fifth. Um, if they were to win all of their games in hand, where would they be? They'd be three points behind Newcastle in fourth because they've only got one game in hand on Newcastle. Um, is Champions League out of the question for them? <sighs> It's, what's crazy is I just I look at their squad and the way
2: they play football you mean, you'd you think they had the players like Chelsea and United and they've got
0: like Danny Welbeck this <laughs> dunk it's just crazy how well they're playing I love Danny Welbeck He's, he just he still looks to me like he should be in a barbershop quartet doing the fucking like Commodore songs and stuff I love him it's mad to think that really the form teams
1: the, the fourth place Champions League is going to be between Newcastle, Villa and Brighton <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 yeah that is pretty pretty crazy um, I, I couldn't call it at the moment because you know Newcastle you know they looked I mean they got humbled mm. by Villa at the weekend we're not actually going to talk about that game uh, tonight but it's worth mentioning just, just quickly can that we
1: mentioned Watkins mm. Watkins what a game
0: he had
3: yeah no, and-
1: not just the goals but his link up play He's, he honestly that was one of the best performances in yeah. for a striker bar in Ireland. I mean, yeah, that game could have been four time. or five. As
2: yeah, well, right? and he could,
0: he could have had all that himself.
2: Yeah. And Newcastle, one of the best defenses in the yeah. league. He
0: made them look just average. Yeah, yeah. He, he is he is right in the best vein. I mean, it's, we, as we talked about before, we don't really have a plan B from a number nine striker-wise yeah. for England. Well, Southgate was there. Watching. Yeah, he was, he there, was there, there watching, again, wasn't yeah. he? So you know, he would not have been. He can't. Uh, he couldn't have failed to be impressed by that, and mm-hmm. hopefully. I don't know when the next England game is, but let's hope that Watkins' form is, is still uh-huh. as electric um, when that happens, because a, it could be a great option. Come yeah, and then Kane can go right mid where he likes playing. <laughs> 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 so, no, I, I, I don't... I don't think Brighton will make Champions League. Um, I think they could easily make fifth. I think fifth would be a really like ridiculously good season. I, for them. I hope
2: they get European football. I'd be gutted for them if they didn't. Yeah,
0: but you know, we talked like last season with West Ham about Conference League and how you know you would turn your nose up at it, but teams like West Ham wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Brighton Conference League football for them would be huge. Yeah. Um, so
2: well, and the likes of Villa, um, you know, especially early early in the season, I think Gerard was still there, wasn't he? And he got the sack. Mm. Um and they were down near the bottom. You look at them now and they're unreal. i I'm not we I think we've still got to them 'em. I'm not looking forward to playing them <laughs> at
1: all. No, I think we've met I think we've got them out of the way. Um one thankfully. Of, uh, one of my family friends, he's a they live up in um Sutton Coalfield, Birmingham Way and uh they're Villa fans and he was at the Chelsea game down at Stamford Bridge was he a couple of weeks ago when we lost him and he kept sending me videos (laughs) while he was there with them all singing did you block it? uh, I just ignored it
0: There's a lot of people on your friend system, and you're ignoring. I suspect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, right. Let's move on then. We're going to talk um, just very quickly about Wolves and Brentford. To be honest, the only reason why I really want to talk about this because Diego Costa mm. got his goal. What a game! I would say though, like having watched the the highlights of the game, that it was the first time to me that Costa looked a little bit like the old Costa. You know, he was putting it about a bit, more, about him, a bit more. You know, a bit more. He looked fitter. He looked stronger. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a huge slice of luck with his goal that yeah. it's effectively mm-hmm. been kicked at him and he scored. But I feel like that was, you know, just rewards for his for his hard work. Um, great result for Wolves this one, but for Brentford, they're wobbling it's starting to fall off a cliff aren't they, a little bit. Um, Ivan Tony doing his huge thing because I know what'll happen if I put Ivan. If I've got a friend of mine who I talk to a lot about FPL and stuff, um, and he religiously hates. Ivan Tony because every single time he hits a little bit of form, he puts him in and it dies. And he's been doing it all bloody season. He, you know, he'll have two couple of games where he'll get a couple of goals and then he won't score, won't do anything really. But quite a poor performance mm. at the weekend, I thought. Um, and I don't know, Brentford, <sighs> would, would it be disappointing? Would, would their fans be disappointed if they fall away from this European fight, having been kind of in amongst it for so long, in the same way Fulham as well? I don't
2: think Brentford have get European
0: for no.
1: the season.
0: No, no. But do you think given that they were right in amongst it two, three weeks ago? No, do no think-
1: I, I don't I don't think they'd be disappointed. You no. know? Realistically, they've got to be thinking look, at the start of the season, stay up. That was probably their mm. goal. And they've by far and away like, exceeded that. And they remind me a little bit of remember Sheffield United a few years ago when they were flying, they were up top 6-7 towards the end of the season and then they just disappeared, didn't they? They mm. I just, it's the same as Fulham
2: this season. They've been up near the European places yeah. for most of the season. You can't say it's a disappointment now they're starting no. to drop off a bit.
0: No, I know. But I guess once you've, <laughs> had, a, once you've had a little sniff up yeah. near the end of the table, your subconscious changes. You know, it's a little bit like when West Ham had that season, that first season of Moyes, where we got to that, the last game of the season. And we uh, I think we came within a point of getting Champions League football. I think a little bit like what uh, is happening this season. There were a couple of the bigger mm. teams that were struggling. That was the first season. I think the Liverpool really struggled after they won the league. Um, or came second, whatever it was, and when you get that close, I know this is different because that was last game of the season. When you get that close, it's the whole what if scenario. Oh, mm. What if we just fucking picked up a couple of points there? What if we, you know, not conceded late there or whatever? So I don't know. I, I think that Brentford fans will still be happy. I think you're right, but top half finish for Brentford's amazing. Uh, at yeah. the end of the day, I think the standards that Thomas Frank has sent for that set for that team. I think there will there'll be a lot of disappointment though at their recent form. One win in six, just running out a bit of energy. I think. But- Small squad, aren't they? And yeah, it's the tail end it's of the season. It's a long, old season, yeah.
1: hard season in the Premier League, and they've probably just run it out
0: of a bit of steam. Yeah, um, and just very quickly talking about Fulham, um, I heard just a little stat for you guys, to have a little play on um, the cheapest season ticket. Have you, have you heard yeah. this one? Have you heard this one? No. Cheapest season ticket in the Premier League is at West Ham, two hundred ninety nine quid, right? Um, the most expensive is uh, is awesome. Fulham. Is it really? It's Fulham in their new ground in their in their new part of their stadium, which I don't know if it's open yet. I think it must be there or thereabouts. Mm. Um would you like to take a guess at how much the most expensive season ticket at Fulham is? I think I'm trying
1: to remember what Arsenal was and that was high. And if that's not the most expensive, it's gotta be up
0: near two grand. It's three thousand pounds. Really? Three thousand pounds. It's the most expensive in Europe. It's the it most in the world, apparently. The world world football. You know, you've got your Barcelona's, your Real Madrid's, all this <laughs> kind of stuff. Note Fulham. Wow. <laughs> First season back in the Premier League and they're trying to charge their fans £3,000 for a season this ticket. Buying, paying that. <sighs> mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's in the current financial climate, that's fucking tone deaf mm. to me. Um, unless there is like, depending on whether because they've got that ridiculous complex on the top of the stadium, haven't they, where there's like a pool and a bar. Unless it gives you some kind of amazing access to that, then all right. If there's lots of bells and whistles attached, fine. But if it's literally just three grand for a seat and nothing else, mm. then that is that's horseshit. But uh, anyway, I thought I'd just throw that in. Right, uh, last game we're going to talk about this week: Nottingham Forest against Manchester United. Um, quite a big result this for, even though on paper this was a routine win and it should have been a routine win mm. given the injuries that United have picked up over the last week or so. This was quite a big result for you.
2: Yeah, I was very worried, even though we were playing sort of Nottingham Forest, who have been in really poor form. I just. I looked at the squad and I thought, "Oh, we could be in trouble here." What did you
0: What did You're- you think when you saw that starting lineup? When you had the the fridge back at centre back with Lindelof? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's like, it was <laughs> like winding back the years. I said to you boys, we just needed McFred in there to completely, <laughs> complete the package. Really. It's like
0: the Harry like the Harry Redknapp getting on Niko Kranjcar isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The
1: bench, your bench was so weak.
0: Yeah, bro. we had kids the, on the bench. I didn't, uh, I didn't know it. Hardly any of the names at no, the image. No. Um I must admit I did feel the worst when Maguire got booked in the third minute. <laughs> and complained
2: about it. <laughs> yeah. literally rugby tackle And the then door. he wrestled someone in the box and got away with it.
1: Handballed in the box got I, away with it. I um, think that would have been harsh to give handball against Yeah. Hunter. Yeah.
0: You think it was a harsh run?
1: I think so, yeah. Do you not
0: think... I, I agree with you, it would have been harsh, but, you yeah. know, based on the current rulings...
1: But it's Harry Maguire, and he doesn't yeah. really know what his body's You <laughs> <laughs> No, they probably took that into consideration.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of positives in this. Obviously, Casemiro being back was huge, and we did say in the, in the chat, didn't we, that if he wasn't around, that centre-back partnership is way more vulnerable. Mm. But with Casemiro in there, just had that layer of protection. That had a shocker first half.
2: Didn't yeah, yeah. Um, I actually saw a stat that when United have had Casemiro, Bruno, and Ericsson all in the midfield at the same time, we've won 15 and drawn two and lost zero. Wow. In all competitions.
0: I mean, bearing in mind that Ericsson was a late inclusion into the starting mm. lineup because of a injury in the warm up, do we know that's serious or not?
2: No, I think he just like. For a knock in the warm up, right. I don't think it's out for too long.
0: <clears throat> but yeah, bearing in mind that Ericsson's, you know had to sort of adjust his mental game to be ready to start mm. the game, he was absolutely outstanding in yeah. this game. Yeah. Like, probably the best player on the pitch. Um, but what about Anthony? Because he's you know we talked to him a lot, a bit of an enigma. But I felt like he had a good game in this as well.
2: I thought this was probably his best game in the United yeah. shirt. To be honest, um,
0: loved the shot, didn't he? Yeah.
2: <laughs> God, it's so annoying though because I mean we've talked about before that. He, you know exactly what he's going to do. He always looks to push it onto that. I mean, he always manages to get away with it as well. I'd be so annoyed if my defenders were letting him do a that.
1: How many times he cut inside and just tried to whip him with left foot?
2: Yeah, He's
0: literally playing FIFA, isn't he? He's cut inside. Oh, one finesse. Yeah. Try find that top <laughs> corner.
2: Um, but was, for me, it wasn't. I think he needs for his goal where he followed up. He needs to do that a lot more because so many times the ball was getting dragged across the box and he was sort of still stood on the edge. Um, but for me, it was the second goal that, uh, that Dallo scored. True. That, you know that where he just cut inside and then that it was almost like a De Bruyne ball, yeah, just sort of no look pass type thing.
0: The things if Anthony's you know can use this to advantage because the popular thinking is is that all he does is cut inside and mm. just left foot and try and get a shot away, and everybody kind of assumes he's going to do that now. He can use that to his advantage because he, we've seen I think he did it. There was another game he did that recently as well where he, he did a similar sort of pass mm. where he cut inside and played a pass. If he can start doing that a bit more. He'll get a lot of assists this season because mm. everyone's waiting for that shot. They're all going to be flat footed. They're all going to be ball watching, They're not going to be watching the runners around him. And mm. we might see more of that. My yeah, my
2: only sort of criticism for United was the fact that we didn't put the game to bed much, much
1: sooner. To be fair, like that was a combination of Navas, yeah, woodwork on Navas, like, yeah, and poor finishing. Like you, that could have been. Bruno since could have scored five in there. Yeah.
0: Keylor Navas was absolutely outstanding yeah. in this game. He has been it? since he moved there, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, all the better, all the more funnier that he's dislodged uh, Henderson. Yeah, he was he, signing off. He, he gave it the big when he first went there. Um, not to see Jesse Lingard get cut on his thing yeah. there. Just to remind everyone that he's still there doing fuck all. Wonder if he's still went up to the United players going, which? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think um, for Forrest... Um, I feel like this was quite a worrying because, you know, regardless of the fact that Casemiro was back playing and, and all that, but this was a weakened United side. And I felt like Forrest just did not did show it. anything going Their forward. midfield. midfield
2: was nowhere. I mean, the amount of space that our midfield had was good. That's why they played so well because I think uh, they said that they were trying to play like a 5 2 1 2 or something, but it just left so much space in the midfield.
1: It was they, crazy. They didn't press the ball, there was no energy. It was. Mm. Yeah. It's really rather
0: comfy for them, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, oh, Leeds have just got a goal back. That'll cheer you up. No clean sheets for trend or Alisson. But yeah, I, I I, mean, this game, and in terms of how, how far it's played in this game, is one of the reasons why I think they are banging trouble. Mm.
3: Um,
0: you know, you, you have to square for it. As, as other teams have shown, West Ham in the weekend, we've seen other teams at, at times this season, Bournemouth at Spurs, for example, you know these these teams at the bottom if you're prepared to have a go you can get results and i think sort of turning up and performing like that it's only going to go one way against a team like united if you give them if you give players like eriksen Casimir and fernandez time on the board, they're going to hurt you
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and it, to me forest look a yard or two off the pace and at this stage of the season that's worrying because if you're not showing enough fight and passion and intensity to at least sometimes just grind a fucking result out even if you're not playing that well do something to grind a result, and it seems like they've only got Brendan Johnson to rely on to do anything for them at the moment. And he obviously was quite, he was very quiet in this game. You know, barely realised he was on the pitch. Mm. So yeah, I think I think they're bagging trouble. Um, like I said earlier their fixture list is horrendous. The only easy game they got uh Chelsea. Let's have a. <laughs> 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 uh, so they're Liverpool away next, uh, and then they're uh, home to Brighton, away at Brentford, home to Southampton. That's huge. And they've got Chelsea, Arsenal, and Palace who are flying. <laughs> that is holy moly! I would not be looking at that with uh, particularly happiness if I was a Forest fan. Um, just uh, one final point to finish off on on the United. Um, obviously, Martinez being injured for the remainder of the season yeah, wasn't as bad play. as first feared, though. Better Arsenal, I know. It puts him out oh, for the right. season, yeah, yeah. but originally there was some talk of ACL potentially, or mm. even maybe a ruptured Achilles. Um, that you know, that's not just this season. That's a chunk of next year as mm. well, if that's the case. So Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe you can gain content. You your surgery. Can you do a two for one? Uh, um, how does that affect Europe, though? You know, you've still you're still fighting on three fronts. Here, you got um, FA Cup this weekend. Are you in FA Cup this weekend? Yep, you are. Brighton. Brighton. That's right. Which is
2: going to be a really tough game. As
0: yeah. Well. Um. You obviously, you're still fighting for top four. You're in. You got um, a massive game in the week against Seville. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Um. So. How is how is all these injuries going to affect this? Because as Lee pointed out, your bench was, uh, you know, worrying. Let's <clears> say <throat> at the weekend.
2: Um, well, we've got England's starting centre backs.
3: Yeah.
2: So. Uh, yeah, I mean, we are looking very threadbare, um, and this is what I kept saying all season about United. As soon as we get injuries, we're not. I mean, we've done well, but we did play Forest, and Forest were poor. You know. It's so annoying that we gave away those goals against Sevilla because we could have pretty much had the, the tie wrapped up. a 2-0, I think we could have got away with playing the likes of Maguire and Lindelof and stuff like that. But it's going to be a really tough game now to go to Spain and get a yeah.
0: result. I will say, though, that in our chat, um, you calling out Maguire for that own goal? Having seen that own goal, it's pretty oh, harsh to yeah. fucking
1: call him out. Yeah. <laughs> it would only happen to him, though.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think mean, the first goal was way worse, just because of the awful defending yeah, that led up yeah. to it last year So um,
1: severe and notorious in that competition as well. They love love winning that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do.
0: Yeah, they do. I um. West, West Ham about- knocked him out of it last year, though, so it's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw something
2: um, about Paquetta. right?
0: What's this? Know, two plus zero wins. Yeah, oh. oh, um,
2: um, Yeah, so Paqueta's name isn't yeah. actually his name. What do you mean? So what's his
0: name? Dave oh, or something. Yeah. <laughs> right,
2: so obviously he's Brazilian, isn't he? Yeah, and a lot of Brazilians to do this. Though. Yeah, so Paqueta is actually a nickname for where he grew up. Really? Yeah. How do people. Oh, Which I don't okay. understand how you can get away with that. It's like your. So, it, so, do we know what his real name I is? I don't is actually know. It? No, it's just. I'm going to have to Google this. I'm yeah. intrigued.
0: I remember um, Ronaldinho back in the day. Um, his name was Ronaldo Diaz's Moriera. Mm. I always remember that from foot manager. It back just in reminded
2: the day. me when I saw Anthony's name because I just assumed his name was Anthony and then you see like the rest of his sort of.
0: So, that's his real name. Lucas Tolentino Coelho de Lima.
2: There you go. I
0: okay. mean, Pacatar does roll off the tongue a little easier. I'll give him that. Um. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's fine. He, he needs to up it next season. Though. He's not been.
2: Yeah, Moyes <gasps> wanted eight to ten goals and eight to ten assists from him apparently.
0: Well, I take that from the entire team, not <laughs> only one player. Uh, and just one final point. Um, Constantine had Sadakis, who was the uh, official. Who elbowed Andy Robertson last week? He is—he's apologized to Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson apparently has accepted the apology. Um, there's apparently there is a knighthood in his uh, in his future <laughs> as Liverpool go three-one up. Um, and yeah, no no action to be taken. Do we think this is the the right call here? We were talking about potential punishments last week. Do we think this is a bit of a cop out from the FA? What, what do we think?
1: I, I thought they might have because of everything else that's gone on with. Yeah. Um, Mitrovic, Mitrovic um, they might have made a little, something more of it, but I think he's, Robertson's touched him and I think he's literally gone like that to get his arm off of him yeah. and it looks worse than what it is. Yeah,
0: I think, I still, I totally agree with Roy Keane um, yeah. when he's given the bait. I, I, I need to get the clip, I was actually, if we were still doing, yeah, oh. it's, it's, it's where everything went quiet and he just went baby again yeah. for the third time.
1: I the, the guys in the, the uh, studio laughing their heads off. Yeah, it was Mika trying. Richards. Mika Richards yeah. was trying his yeah. hardest not I to think, was laugh. Was it
0: Jamie Redknapp in there as well? I, I can't remember, remember if that. it was him as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think that given that uh, there's, there's been a huge amount about the um, the FA about trying to garner more respect for officials and stuff, um, and I don't know if they, they've not really been doing a great job of it, let's be honest, because you know we still see players crowding referees. Yeah. I think this was the easy way out. Um, this is a brush it under the carpet it all goes away and it all goes quiet in two weeks we forget this even happened and I think that's for the FA it's a way of saving face they don't need to to worry about it um, and if you know and Liverpool also there was nothing to gain for Liverpool for this but for Liverpool to to appeal this decision or, or chase this any in any way gain nothing from this so yeah. I think this was all a case of just fucking get on with it yeah. so 100%. right okay um, let's then begin to round out the show and we start with this down the stack, man.
2: So Ollie Watkins is the 10th player to reach 50 Premier League goal involvements for Aston Villa and is the second fastest to reach this milestone for the club after who?
0: Please tell me <laughs> it's not Gabby Agbonlahor. It is not. Okay, oh, thank God for that. I thought that's, that's who I thought it might have been. Um, who else? Juan Pablo Angel? Nope. That's oh, so what they had. How recent are we talking?
2: 2015.
0: Okay. They're having 2015 planned out form for them. Um, are we going to kick Darren Bent? No. I can Who does that have in 2015? Are we going to kick ourselves here? Yeah. You are.
2: They fell off an absolute cliff afterwards.
0: Who, he did
2: individually? Mm. When he left the club, yeah. Not an actual cliff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so did he get like a big money move or something after mm-hmm. a great season? Oh, uh, Benteco? Uh, yeah, Bente- Oh, Bente- Christian Benteco. Bente- Bente- forgot he yeah. was at Villa, yeah, yeah. Right, there you go. Uh, right then, time for a special edition of this.
2: so yeah um, dad in the chair me yeah doing the quiz today um, bit of fun so I've gone back to the one where I sort of name the clubs that a certain player has played for and then you guys have got to um, guess the player I don't know how many rounds you wanted to do it. I've got 10 players uh, no
1: forfeits I <laughs>
0: that's right mate if I make you do one you won't have to worry about it for a couple of years so um, and let's do let's, let's go for five to start with and see how we get on
2: okay so the first one started at Blackburn Rovers, then moved to Chelsea, then moved to Newcastle, then moved to Fulham, then Melbourne City, and then Shamrock Rovers.
0: Blackburn to Chelsea, then where?
2: Then to Newcastle.
0: Damien Duff? Oh, yeah, I was about to say Duff.
2: yeah. Damien Duff.
0: Um I think Pete's listening to this right now, just hoping that Dan fucks this up. (laughs) (laughs) Pretender to the throne.
3: (laughs)
2: Um, This one had quite a lengthy career, or a lot of clubs anyway. Started at Barcelona B. Um, Then, well, he never actually made an appearance at Barcelona. Yes, he did, but later on. Uh, (laughs) Okay. He went on loan to Valladolid, then Toledo, then on loan to Tenerife then on loan to Valladolid again, then made a permanent move to Atletico Madrid, then a permanent move back to Barcelona, then a move to Liverpool, then Atletico Madrid, then Racing Santander, then Panathinaikos, then Puebla, whoever they are, then UNAM, then atletico Kolkata. And then finished his career at Central Coast Mariners.
1: Fuck me, Sarge. Who went from Atletico to Liverpool?
2: Atletico, Barcelona, then Liverpool, then back to Atletico.
0: Atletico. Atletico to Barca. Mm -hmm.
2: Then Liverpool. Then Liverpool. Then back to Atletico. Started their career at Barcelona.
0: Not f- no, no, it won't be him. I was about to say Philip Coutinho, but not him. Hmm. Um, you, you
1: don't want to sound like an idiot, idea. you? <laughs> Track <laughs> some names <laughs> out if you want. I mean, did Mascherano I mean,
0: Mascherano go from...
2: Um, It's not Mascarano, but I mean, it's a good shout. Way, he or was or at West, West Ham as well. well.
0: Yeah. Um... Mm, 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 mm.
2: If you really struggle, I can give you the years that he played for Liverpool, or the year he joined Liverpool. Go on. The year he joined Liverpool was 2004.
0: Damn. Okay. Uh, can you give us a position?
2: Um, pretty sure he was a midfielder. And if you hadn't guessed, he was Spanish.
0: <laughs> um. Luis Garcia? Luis Garcia. Oh.
2: Well done.
0: I'm going to do that.
2: <clears throat> right, next one. 2-0 Chris.
0: <sighs> Come on, mate, you've got to get one on the board. <laughs> just, <you> know, <laughs> just happy to be out, are you? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Started his career at Manchester United, then went on loan to Royal Antwerp, <laughs> then on loan to Sunderland, then on loan to Ipswich, then on loan to Blackburn, then on loan to Newcastle, <laughs> then he joined Newcastle permanently, then moved to QPR, then Leicester City, then Huddersfield, and then finished his career at Bristol City.
1: Um, that's some route, isn't
3: it? Mm.
0: Who the hell did Man United have that they loaned out? That's like the, the, like the Victor Moses of Manchester mm. United.
2: Yeah, so Manchester United, then five different clubs on loan every single season. From United. Yeah. And then he joined... Newcastle permanently after a loan spell then QPR then Leicester and then drop down to the Championship so there's a hint for
1: you when was QPR in the Premier League We good
0: it's seven years ago now aren't it? is it no it's not Jason Park is it
2: no I was going to put him in but he started at a South Korean team I thought
3: that was good that <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. way <laughs> you couldn't pronounce it yeah that's true <laughs>
0: Um yeah, for United. Yeah, it's the think United is the easiest one to try and mm. work out, I think. But. I'm trying to think he would have gone from United to Newcastle. they can't have been a particularly like top top name player.
2: I'll give you a clue, he made three appearances for United. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> um do you say midfielder? No. No. Do you want want another clue? It's not um Makeda, is it? No.
1: Go on, now. us no
2: He was in the Leicester team that won the Premier League.
1: Uh, defender. Mm-hmm.
0: It's defender. It's, um... Oh. Um, is, it, uh, is he still... Danny Simpson. Danny Simpson. Yeah. Simpson. Ah. <laughs> to be fair, I was actually going to say Johnny Evans, but that wouldn't have been right either. Well, well done. 2-1. Yeah, he's has one on the board. Yeah.
2: That's a win for me.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, next one. Um, started at Leeds, then moved to Tottenham then Everton on loan, then Everton, permanently, then Burnley, then Kaya Aaron
0: Lennon. Aaron
2: Lennon. <laughs> 3-1. Right. Started at AFC Bournemouth, then moved to Liverpool, then Tottenham, then Southampton.
0: Started at I went to Liverpool, then where? Then Tottenham,
2: then Southampton.
0: Uh, Domin- no, he's not Dominic Solanke. No. Um, he's retired. He's reti. Oh, he's retired. He's okay. Retired. When? Two thousand and five. He retired in 2005. Oh, Motherfucker. I was thinking more recently. <laughs> Glad I asked that <laughs> question.
2: <laughs> He's still involved in football.
0: Went from Bournemouth to Liverpool to Tottenham to Southampton. Southampton. Um. No, it's not him. Is he, what position is he? Midfield. Majority of his career was at Liverpool. Steve Finnan? No. Um, I think he's a defender anyway. Um, Is he central or wide or? Central midfield, I believe. I'm struggling there. Mm. 2005. Alan, oh, you would have been about, uh, what, about five Pino? fucking oh, years ago? yeah. yeah. Penal? No. Pino? no.
2: Pino? He was Everton, I think. Was he?
0: Was he not Liverpool's
1: so? on? I don't think so.
2: That's blasphemy, isn't it? Liverpool are running riot here.
0: 4 1 now. It's they're just, just, uh, <laughs> Salah's just had one disallowed as well. Um, do you
2: want me to just give you it and then Yeah, move on to I think another. So. it was. Jamie
0: Redknapp oh, really oh. oh of course he went to Southampton when his dad was there his dad managed I, I was think that he retired earlier than
1: 2005 yeah so mm. I think like 90s yeah, yeah. Well, based on his injury career, yeah. you could
0: argue he did <laughs> <laughs> right um, you know I said earlier that I think Leeds will be alright mm. <laughs> yeah. looking at some of this defending I'm not so sure now <laughs> Right, so started at River Plate,
2: then moved to Parma, then moved to Lazio, then into Milan, then Chelsea. <laughs> I know who it is, it's Herndon Crespo. <laughs> I thought he jumped straight
1: on it. I did <laughs> you put that in there for Luke? I'm not going to lie, I was sort of watching the goal. <laughs> uh, right,
3: 4-1.
2: Um.
0: Go on, throw a couple more in. We've been, yeah. we've been, we've been spe- okay. speeding through these. Um,
2: Let's go for this guy. You've <laughs> <laughs> So started at Boca Juniors, then AC Milan, then on loan to San Lorenzo, then on loan to Alaves, then on loan to Atletico Madrid, then on loan to Villarreal, then permanently to Deportivo La Coruna, then Newcastle, then San Lorenzo, and then finished his career at Old City.
1: Who Newcastle get up from Deportivo? This is, this is going to be early 2000s,
2: something like mm, Mid. Mid 2000s? Well, I mean, we're not quite in mid 2000s yet. But, so.
0: <laughs> I feel like Dan's just been watching LMA videos back and plucking some players. Yeah. I,
2: I really liked this player. No, he wasn't on LMA.
0: Came from Deportivo. Well,
2: I guess he was on LMA, but not at not Newcastle.
0: Yeah. Um. You say he started at Boca Juniors and went to AC Milan. Yep. Yeah.
1: Was it David T. Road to Newcastle? Yeah. <coughs> I think that's gonna probably be the easiest link I'm trying to. Yeah, it'll be the, the most recent in. one for
2: yeah. sure. I mean, and then too. after Newcastle went to San Lorenzo, if you
0: know where that is. South America somewhere on Argentina yeah. yeah so there's a hint. so it's Argentina <laughs> <laughs> is it um, oh god what's his name fellow with a fucking fuzzy hair um, well there's two I can do. is he the college, is it Collochini mm-hmm. it is Collochini it is the fellow with the fuzzy hair I was either going <laughs> to guess him <laughs> or um, <laughs> um, Gutierrez was the other one I was going to guess
1: oh. right I'm Ch- never laughing at any of you lot at the quiz. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we've, we've got a newfound respect for know. It's yeah. a
1: lot easier when you're listening yeah. rather than actually participating in it. Right.
2: Started his career at a team called Ruin, I think. That's how you pronounce it. Then Miss Then
0: These aren't real teams. Yeah,
2: well, they're fucking- <laughs> I wish they'd make them easier to pronounce. <laughs> then moved to Hoffenheim. Then West Ham. Then Newcastle. Then Chelsea.
0: Oh, um. Oh God, what's his name? He went to Turkey afterwards, didn't he? Yep,
2: then Bezik oh,
0: God, what's his fucking name? Come on, Lee. He was the guy who scored when uh, Gerard slipped. What was his name? Demabar. Yes. one. <laughs> Come for his name? Um, little
2: tapping in for me there. Yeah. yeah. I, was, <laughs> just, I got two more, <laughs> so I as well do both. Um started at a team called Ailsund. Then moved to Monaco. Then moved to Liverpool. Then moved to Roma. Then moved to Fulham. Then moved to Apoel. I think that's that Cypriot team.
0: Apoel, yeah.
2: Yeah. Then Delhi Dynamos. Fuck
3: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: what Delhi Ali's up to now, <laughs> is it? He? He's
2: made his own team. Then back to Ailsund. Then Chen- Chenayan. And then Rollin. I think these are just made up teams. Jesus Christ.
0: It? Can we just like just focus on the career on the, the teams so we the, understand? The, the main ones. From Liverpool
2: to. Monaco, Liverpool, Roma, Fulham, Apoel.
0: Monaco, Monaco, Liverpool, Roma? Mm-hmm.
2: Then Fulham.
1: Not... Um, Risa. John-Honorisa. John-Honorisa. Ah,
2: Monaghan. nice. And the last one I've got started at Arsenal, then moved on loan to Celtic, then moved on loan to West Ham, then moved on loan to Wolves, then permanent to Middlesbrough, and then I won't bother naming the other teams because you won't know them.
0: <laughs> when did he start? Sorry. Started at Arsenal. Oh, here? Um, aliadi Ali Yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. Oh no. Well, you got a couple there, mate. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah. Nice. Was, it, was it a six-three six in the three end? Complete flop. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, there we go. That brings us to the end uh, for the week. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. Don't forget LMA Manager comes out uh, tomorrow. I've got to go and edit that after this. Um, And, yeah, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.